Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 88. Guess what? Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast. Where each week, I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about moving from average to excellence in your school relationships. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out my website at williamdparker.com. If you'd like to subscribe for weekly updates, I can send you my ebook, Eight Hats, Essential Roles for School Leaders, or you can check out my books, Principal Matters or Messaging Matters at my website or at amazon.com. When I was in college, I was a resident advisor in the dorm where I lived, and my dorm director was a man named Scott Boss, a graduate who had supervised all the resident advisors in that dorm And one day, he was talking to the RAs about ways that we could better connect with the guys on our floors. Scott was not just a good dorm director, but he was a good leadership coach. And he said something I'll never forget. When it comes to building relationships, he said, remember the simple equation. Time spent equals relationships built. Over the years, I've tried to keep that in mind as I have visited with students or teachers or parents or even in my own relationships within my personal life or my family. In fact, one of the reasons I believe many parents struggle so much in connecting with their own children is simply they're not spending enough time together. And I believe the same is true for school relationships as well. The problem, however, is not always how much time that you're spending with others, but the mindset that you have when you're together. Because sometimes you can actually spend time with others without connecting. And these ideas were brought home to me this last week when my state association hosted its fall conference and keynote speaker and author Jimmy Casas was there. And one of the many traits that I admire about Jimmy is his ability to be so direct and authentic while at the same time encouraging and inspiring. From his decades of experience leading schools, he challenged us to think about how we could move from average to excellence. One word that he kept using over and over again was relationships. And he reminded us that no matter how many great ideas or innovative lessons or creative schedules or talented people that you have in your school, if you don't have trusting relationships, you cannot flourish. As I travel my own state and present in other states, one of the toughest situations that I see school leaders facing is how to affect change or build relationships in the short term. The question is, what can a leader do right now when he or she may not have the time to build a long track record of trust. And Jimmy addressed this question too. Although long-term change normally takes long-term commitments, he pointed out that a leader can begin influencing change right now. And one way he demonstrated that was by asking us to pull out our cell phones. And he said, think of someone you haven't communicated with in the past six months. Now take a moment and text them, just saying that you were thinking about them today. He gave us a moment to finish, and then he asked us to show our hands as people began texting back, and he just continued presenting. And at first, I noticed a handful of um, hands go up, and then over the next hour, people kept raising their hands as they received replies, and Jimmy stopped at some point, and he said, listen, the point that I'm making is that you just made someone's day better, and we all had just influenced our own mindsets as well. By practicing gratitude and helping encourage other people by a quick text message, we only took one minute to influence change. Now, think about the power of practicing that kind of mindset and communication throughout the small moments of every day in school. 
So here's my question for us this week. How can you encourage a mindset of excellence in the work that you're doing while building relationships in school? You know, as school leaders, we often focus on what is urgent or what is broken. At the same time, if we don't intentionally look for ways to encourage relationships, then we're missing out on opportunities to build cultures of excellence. Now, I know in my own practice as a principal that I had a decision to make every single day. I could allow the troubles and the challenges to be my main focus, or I could purposely find reasons to recognize others and celebrate where they were being successful. I believe that school leaders can do both because I believe that it's a mindset. It doesn't mean that we're ignoring the facts, that we're not confronting or protecting or instructing where we need to see better service, but we can become so easily overwhelmed with the normal to-dos of our days that we forget the healthy practices that cultivate environments of excellence. So this week, let me just share four practical takeaways that I think can encourage cultures of excellence. Number one, be in the moment. You have a choice to make every day. When you walk into any setting, it's a choice whether you connect with others or take time to really observe what is happening around you. And in school, this means being in the moment, modeling for teachers what you want them to be doing with students, whether that's saying hello or greeting someone with a smile or finding out what they enjoy to do outside of school. You can find ways to connect no matter what environment you're walking through. The other day, for instance, I was visiting a district team of administrators, and I arrived a couple of hours early just so that I could participate in their professional development. I also wanted to listen to their conversations because as they spent time discussing how they faced challenges in their schools, they had some honest, frank feedback and sometimes disagreements about how issues should be faced in their respective buildings. And when it was my turn to present, I had a limited amount of time. But I decided to be very intentional in what I talked about. I targeted my comments based upon the needs that they had already expressed. Here's my point. Being in the moment then meant asking myself, how am I taking time first to understand before I seek to be understood? I know that's just one small example. But whenever we step into any setting, if we are in the moment, if we're listening and paying attention to those around us, to their ideas, then we have trust to offer our own. So number one, be in the moment. Number two, what's another practical way to encourage cultures of excellence? Connect with peers. Now, let me ask you this question. How can you expect to improve if you're not aware of where you need to grow? And that's why I believe that isolation is so dangerous. We need others to talk about ideas, to push back our assumptions, and to stretch us. Let me give you another example. The other night, I was having dinner with two school leaders when we discussed a school crisis that one of our colleagues was facing. And when we asked, what would you do if you were in charge? Surprisingly, we came up with three different answers. The back and forth that we had then was a great way to weigh options, think about our responses, and decide if we needed to rethink our own positions. And it also reminded me that school leadership often gives you more than one option, options that are good and sometimes Options where none of the choices are good. But the point is this, reflecting with others stretches you to question your own assumptions and consider other options that you may not have thought of before. So how can you encourage a culture of excellence? Connect with peers. Number three, another way to encourage a culture of excellence is helping others reflect. One of the practices that I saw Jimmy sharing was how he interviewed students and teachers. He would ask them questions like, What do you love about school? What makes you most excited about learning? What would you change or improve if you could? 
And questions like these help you stay more deeply connected to what motivates others. And it shows others that you care enough to ask. Another idea for helping to encourage reflection is one that I borrowed from my friend Robert Schwarnick. He's the director of secondary education for instruction at Tulsa Public Schools. And he also presented at the end of our fall conference something that he calls micro labs. And in a micro lab, you can group three people together, give each person one minute to write down an important takeaway from a recent lesson learned. And then each person has 90 seconds to share that takeaway with the other two while they listen attentively without interrupting. Now, I tried this and I was amazed at how much I learned from my own reflections as well as from listening to the lessons that my friends reflected back with me too. So learn to help others reflect about what they're learning because in the process, you're encouraging a culture of excellence and you're growing too. Lesson number four, debrief after major initiatives or wins. Sometimes I think we forget to pause and reflect on what we may have just experienced. And debriefing is a powerful demonstration of how building relationships, reflecting on your work, and sharing ideas can cause you to improve your processes. This summer, Tim Elmore, the founder of Growing Leaders in Atlanta, Georgia, invited me to present a breakout session for his National Leadership Conference. And because I arrived early and stayed late, I had an opportunity to watch his team of about 20 staff members host hundreds at this national conference. Before the event began, Tim pulled his team together and they identified their assigned responsibilities. He reminded them of the main goals of the conference. He encouraged them to remember that they were there to inspire others, to inform others, and to help others remember why their service was important. And at the end of the event, Tim pulled his team together for a quick debrief. They shared success stories, they reflected on lessons learned, and they gave kudos to fellow team members. That same model works for any team, whether it's your students, your teachers, or your staff. So number four, another way to encourage a culture of excellence is debrief after major initiatives or wins so that you know what you've learned and can improve your processes. Number five, celebrate your wins. Before you begin moving on to your next list of to-dos, make sure that you're taking time to recognize wins. And I believe for school leaders, this can happen in so many easy ways. It could be as easy as sharing a photo of a student who's been successful or posting a tweet of a creative teacher or sharing stories with your parents or community members of something successful happening in your school. It also means taking time to simply tell others that they have done a good job or better yet, eating something yummy together as a way to toast success. You know, one of my pet peeves is when I hear leaders say something like, I don't like bragging on others when they have simply done what they should be doing anyway. And I want to say, really? If that's the case, we should never celebrate birthdays. I mean, people turn a year older anyway, right? But we all know that we celebrate milestones because it's important for people to feel appreciated, to feel valued, and to feel loved. Yes, we should expect others to do what's expected, but we should also encourage a culture that acknowledges a job well done. And frankly, I would rather err on the side of celebrating small wins than allowing the challenges to be the biggest news of every day in our schools. Ask a teacher why they stay committed to a school for a long period of time. And I guarantee that a big part of that is the culture. The more positive the culture, the longer the commitment. So let's wrap this up. One of Jimmy's last words of advice in his presentation this past week was not to feel overwhelmed. 
He encouraged leaders to choose a few areas where you want to see your school grow in excellence and then build relationships with others towards finding solutions for those areas. And when you've seen growth, then celebrate, choose a few more areas of growth for the next season. And over time, you will begin to build a momentum of culture, a momentum of positivity, a momentum of growth, a momentum of celebration that is contagious and difficult to stop. You know, moving from a place of average to a place of excellence does not happen by chance. It happens by being in the moment, by staying connected to others, by helping others reflect, by debriefing with them, by celebrating together. And notice that all these steps involve building relationships. You know, another word for relationship is community. And your goal as a school leader is to build and grow excellent learning communities. Building a culture of excellence is not easy, but it cannot happen without building relationships because time spent equals relationships built. So now it's your turn. What is one area today where you want to see positive change? How can you find just one action to move that area in the right direction? And how can you celebrate that small win so that others can enjoy a moment of positivity that you created for them today? And then rinse and repeat that over and over and over in the following days and watch your momentum towards a positive culture of excellence grow. Well, that's it for this week. I hope that those words have been encouraging to you. If you find this podcast valuable, please pass it along to other school leaders. And if you want to check out other resources, you can go to my website at williamdparker.com. Just another quick shout out that if you haven't checked out my newest book, Messaging Matters, How to Inspire Students, Motivate Teachers, and Reach Your Communities, you can do so at my website or at solutiontreepress.com. I hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks again for doing what matters, and I'll talk to you soon.